It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is January 22nd, 2018. My name is Phil Prossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, coming to you today on a Monday. On Monday, don't have a Facebook Live like I normally do. That'll be back next week. Had the afternoon game today. We'll talk all about the Orlando Magic's win over the Boston Celtics in today's game. And today is hopefully going to be a little bit of a short episode because you can probably tell I don't have my same energy. It's not just because I'm recording this super late than I normally do, uh, but mostly because I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. So I'm hopefully going to get some sleep. Hopefully going to be back and ready to go for Tuesday's game against the Sacramento Kings because guess what? The Magic might be on a winning streak. Let's not get ahead of ourselves, though, real fast. We'll talk all about the game against Celtics and the big thing that I noticed from the game uh, that's been that's really different about the Magic and, and what I think has really changed about this team lately. But, of course, the Orlando Magic started off by going to Boston to take on the Boston Celtics, uh, the top team in the Eastern Conference, one of the best teams that the Magic could face in a matchup that's been really poor for the Magic all season long. Boston has taken it to Orlando twice this season, uh, earlier in the year. Right about the time when the injuries started hitting Orlando, uh, they, the Magic and the Celtics were the top two teams. The East and the Celtics just put the Magic away. And, and it was clear at that point that, yes, the Magic needed a real point guard to be healthy, but also that the Magic aren't quite in Boston's league and that, yes, Orlando was going to fade at some point. That was kind of not the beginning of the end, but it was the clue that, yeah, that the hot start's kind of over. Now we're going to have to sink into reality about this team. The Celtics were a very good team, very good defensive team, and they took it to the Magic that night. And then when Orlando was in the depths of their injury woes, they went to Boston and got trounced in one of those embarrassing losses that we thought was done. So, what happened this time? Something completely different. This isn't about, you know, uh, certainly you could maybe blame an afternoon start. Afternoon starts are always weird. You could maybe blame, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, you, could, you, could, you could blame a whole bunch of different things, perhaps, for the way the Celtics played. Kyrie Irving was coming off an injury. That didn't seem to matter to him. Or you could just come to the fact that the Magic are actually playing some good basketball right now as they have the last four games and took it to the best team in the Eastern Conference. That 8-4 and four team that we saw at the beginning of the season showed up once again. And it's been showing up a lot more lately, not to say the Magic will go 8-4 and four over several stretches and you know who knows where that puts them as far as the standings. But that team is still in there and they'll show up from time to time and they're showing up right now. Orlando played an extremely gritty and tough game, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in the larger context later on. But this was a game where Orlando, after they kind of took care of the ball a little bit, they had a lot of turnovers in the first quarter, really took control of the game. They led by as much as 19 points in the third quarter. They held the Celtics to just 12 points 
in the third quarter, outscoring them 32 to 12. When was the last time the Magic outscored a team by 20 points in a quarter? That's not who this team has been historically. And after giving up 35 points, or I think it was 36 points in the paint in the first half, they give up only 50 total, so 15 in the second half. For the second straight game, Orlando brought it in the second half, defensively especially. They got down, they got dirty, they they grinded it out. They weren't great offensively in the second half. They only scored 45 points. They only gave up 36. And that's how you end up with a 103-95 victory. An up and down game in the first half. A game where it, it, Orlando looked like they were they were cracking the Boston defense. They were getting shots that they wanted. They were, they were finding offense easily. They scored 58 points after all. But Boston just kept coming back at them with Kyrie Irving scoring a ton of points. He had 40 for the game. And turnovers killing the Magic as well. Orlando finished with 10 turnovers, six of them in the first quarter. And if if I'm reading this correctly, uh, but uh, Boston scored eight points off those 10 turnovers. So Boston converted off the mistakes the Magic made for the most part. But Orlando just kept coming back at them. Orlando Orlando cleaned up the mistakes that they made in the first half and took it to them. And in the second half, Orlando, or in the fourth quarter, Orlando couldn't quite get their shots to fall. Their bench, which was great in the second quarter, struggled a little bit more in the fourth quarter, and Boston was able to come back because Boston is a really good team. Again, the difference between uh, a kind of a difference between good teams and bad teams. But Orlando made the plays they needed to down the stretch to win the game. Whether it was Alfred Payton making a tough shot, or Evan Fournier making a tough shot, or Ken Birch digging out a rebound or blocking a shot, or Jonathan Simmons, or Aaron Gordon kind of waking up from from a game that that he did not play particularly well in. Orlando had the answers at the end. They had the stability and the calm and the coolness and the collectivity to win the game. This is, I mean, honestly, this is probably the Magic's best win in a very long time. On the road against one of the best teams in the league, and Orlando dominated the game and dominated the second half. They built, again, I, I've, I've talked a lot about moral victories in the last week. They built off whatever moral victory they could gain from Thursday's loss to Cleveland, and they delivered a win. Not just a win, a good win against a very, very good opponent. And if you're a Magic fan, sure, maybe you complained a little bit about tanking Magic fall from the worst record in the league to the third worst record in the league, but this is a good character-building win. And I think there was a lot to say about why the character the Magic showed in this game is so important. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Let me run through the stats real fast first, though. Uh, Just a very interesting game uh, in, in a lot of respects. 
Alfred Payton leads the way with 22 points, 9 for 16 shooting, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a low assist game for him. But he was very, he was instrumental in the third quarter in building that lead. He was getting into the paint, doing really whatever he wanted, finishing around the basket, and keeping that Celtics uh, Celtics defense, you know, moving and, 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 and off their spot. Orlando did not shoot great in this game. 46.7% from the floor, 6 for 21 from beyond the arc. So Orlando did not even really get the the, the, the three-pointers that they normally get. Orlando usually averages around 21 three-pointers per game. In fact, uh, Evan Fournier made three of those six three-point makes. So the Magic didn't get a lot of those. Orlando actually only had 20 assists in the game, a low assist game for them, but he, Frank Vogel still said he liked the passing that the team had. And so while it was a low assist game, it was, it was again, it was this kind of grinded-out game. This wasn't a typical game that the Magic win. And so it was a good sign to see Orlando get to the front foot, kind of deliver on this victory. Uh, Alfred Payton leading the way, uh, a guy you know, a guy who's had his problems, but he gets into the lane. He's able to score with uh, tough angles around the basket. He's able to finish at the rim. Uh, that's a big thing for him, especially because he, he's not a great jump shooter, but he shot some jumpers with confidence, which is also good to see. Evan Fournier had 19 points, 8 for 19 shooting, 3 for 6 from beyond the arc. Solid game for Evan, too. Made, made some big shots, undoubtedly. Made some big shots. A big reason why the Magic were able to win this game. Uh, so, uh, but, but definitely some moments of inefficiency. Definitely some moments of being wild. Definitely some moments where he wasn't completely locked in on the defensive end, especially early on. Uh, so, you know, things that you're, we're kind of used to with Evan sometimes when, he, when he's asked to score a lot. Uh, but... Fournier stepped up in a big way. He had the dagger at the end, made an eight-point game when Boston was coming back and kind of closed the door with some big shots there as Evan Fournier's Mr. Clutch for the Orlando Magic. Aaron Gordon finished with 11 points, 5 for 17 shooting, missed all three of his three-pointers, 13 rebounds, 4 assists for him. You know, Gordon is going through a little bit of a shooting slump right now. It's definitely something uh, worth looking at uh, a little bit deeper. Some of it is just a shot selection, I think. I think right now... Gordon is trying to force things a little bit too much off the dribble and that he gets himself in trouble. Gordon is still best when he gets the ball in motion, in movement, off cuts, going to the basket, in transition. The places where he can get easy buckets, spot-up shots too, are good spots for him as well. Uh, And so right now, Gordon is, I think, trying to do a little too much without Nikola Vucevic there, without uh, some of the players that are hurt out there right now. And so... Gordon, Gordon's got to kind of find his balance and find his center. It sometimes looks like he's he's looking for a shot. He's looking to take a shot uh, rather than letting the offense play through him. And and, and we all know uh, when the offense kind of plays naturally to Gordon, that's when he has his big games. It's not when he tries to force things. And so there's this idea of stardom that I think, you know, it's something that, that it's kind of difficult to ask. But I think there's this idea of stardom that Gordon has. And he's trying to be, he's trying to be the star rather than, being what the team needs. I mean, he'll be a star if he is what this team needs because he's that he's that good. He fits into this into what the team's trying to do that well. So when he forces things, when he tries to pretend like he's Kobe or something, that's when he gets into trouble, and, and I think we're seeing that a little bit more of late. Shelvin Mack comes off the bench, scores 10 points for the second straight game, four assists, five for eight shooting. A really solid game for Shelvin Mack. I don't think we're talking enough about Shelvin Mack. And in last two games... You know, small sample size. Mac has been pretty solid. I mean, he's not a guy that's going to complain too much about not getting playing time. But uh, Frank Vogel clearly has a lot of trust in him. Threw him out there today. Uh, threw him out there Thursday too. Uh, and he just makes solid plays. I mean, he has limitations. I'm not saying start him or, or, or give him a huge increase in minutes. He played 24 minutes in in uh, in Sunday's game. 
but Mac has been solid. And so I think Vogel has, you know, found, you know, I, I, I would say this about Frank Vogel, and maybe it deserves a little bit more discussion uh, later on this week. A lot of people want to complain about Frank Vogel's rotations and some of his rotation decisions, and they're completely warranted. And, and I think there's been some moments where Frank Vogel has been a little slow to make rotation decisions um, and, and make adjustments. But of late, I would say Frank Vogel has made some very good rotation decisions. Um, he's gone with the hot hand when he's needed to go with the hot hand. He's pulled the right levers, pulled the right buttons, and obviously the team is playing better for it. It's not just the fact that Ken Burch is finally playing, which probably should have happened weeks ago. It's the decision to play DJ Augustin to finish the game against the Timberwolves, a, a decision that Vogel said he kind of looked at Alfred Payton, and Alfred Payton said, yeah, keep keep Augustin in. It's clear that he needs to, that he's he's got it rolling up for us right now. Um, Shelvin Mack is a perfect example of this. Mack is playing some really good basketball right now, just kind of filling in the gaps that the Magic need, just making solid good plays, not not creating a lot of mistakes, playing decent defense. He had three steals in this game, and yeah, he, he might not have the speed or quickness that you want defensively, but he's a big body, you know, he's a kind of big body, and he knows how to use his, use his weight real well. Uh, and so Mack has been a, a really good addition to the team uh, in this stretch and has played extremely well uh, in this recent stretch. Um, the other guy who's played really well in this recent stretch, Ken Birch, four points, seven rebounds, three offensive rebounds, two blocks, shot two for seven. Um, but his energy on the court is just abundantly clear. I mean, when he is out there, he is making things happen. That's what we saw during the preseason, why everyone got really excited about him and was just like antsy to see him play. Birch is still the third big off the bench. They're bringing Maurice Spates in off at center at the end of the first quarter, but Birch comes in in the second quarter, plays a little bit with the reserves, gets some run with the starters to end the half, comes back in and, and is the primary backup in the second half. I, I kind of lo- I don't know how sustainable it is for Vogel to keep doing this, but Birch is willing to just come in and with whatever minutes he's got getting, he got 17 in this game, Whatever minutes he's getting, he's willing to give the energy that that he has. So he is a nice little spark plug that the Magic have, and defensively, he is right where he needs to be every time. Defensively, he is contesting and changing shots at the rim, getting rebounds, working the offensive glass. His offense is limited to putbacks, but he's good rolling to the basket. He's good setting screens. This is this guy is is playing really, really well, and he's finally getting his opportunity and making the most of it and pushing for more minutes. I mean, uh, Vogel said it best. Uh, earlier in the week, and I, and I think I played that clip, you've got to make me afford not to play you. And, and judging by the way the rotation is being set up right now, Birch is demanding playing time. And he's getting it, and he's earned it, and he deserves it, and I can't blame people for thinking he wants more. He finished this game against the best team in the Eastern Conference, a game that the Magic, and I've always said this, when you have the chance to win, you need to win, against the best team in the Eastern Conference in a game that the Magic should needed to win. Birch is getting the minutes down the stretch, and so quibble a little bit with the rotation, sure, but Birch is playing fantastic. Another good game for him. Got to clean up the offense a little bit. Uh, don't want to see him airballing jumpers anymore, but uh, overall, a solid performance from him as well. DJ Augustin also chipped in 10 points, continues his solid run of play, and Jonathan Simmons coming out of his slump a little bit. Nine points, four assists, two blocks, four for seven shooting, missed all three of his three-pointers. Five fouls and three turnovers are are blemishes on him on and his record. He's starting to play defense a little bit better. Starting to be more selective with his shots. Starting to get to the get to the uh, rim a little bit more. Those are good signs for Jonathan Simmons. Uh, you know, still kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. But um, if he's in there to defend 
that's that's a good thing. That's what the Magic need, and that's what the Magic need to see from him. So, solid game for him. Again, the Orlando shoots 46.7% from the floor, 6 for 21 from beyond the arc, 11 for 16 from the foul line in a 113-105 win for Boston. Boston gets 40 points from Kyrie Irving uh, to lead the way, 14 for 23 shooting. Orlando had no answer for him. Alfred Payton, Shelvin Mack, G.G. Augustin, Evan Fournier, Jonathan Simmons didn't matter. Irving was going to score on them, but not much else from anyone else. 17 points from Jalen Brown, 7 for 12 shooting, 7 rebounds, 4 turnovers for him, 12 points from Marcus Morris, and then 2, 4, 8 total points from the bench. Orlando's bench outscores Boston, really the big difference in the game. All of all of Boston's starters had a positive plus-minus. All of Boston's reserves had a negative plus-minus. Every player on the Magic had a positive plus-minus or zero, except for Kem Birch. Uh, and uh, Ken Burch at minus six, a lot of that coming at the end of the game when Boston made a rally to cut that 19-point deficit down to, I think it got as low as six. Um, but Orlando able to pull off the shots at the end, get the big win, 113-105. to 105. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And, and like I said, and I'm, I'm not going to dwell too much on this because there's just very little to go off of and, and, and to discuss here as far as how to quantify it, but I think we can all agree what we're seeing here if, if you're watching the Magic and if you're watching them with the intent of they need to win ba- or they should be winning basketball games or they should be trying to win basketball games. I, I, I recognize there's a group out there that, that doesn't believe that. What should be abundantly obvious is the Magic are making plays now that are winning plays, and obviously the wins are fall wins. They're winnings. They're, they've won two of their last three games, so yeah, they're they're making winning plays now. But it's, it's it's more than that. The last the last four games have seen the Magic do something that they that they had not done in the last two months prior, and that's play with kind of grit and determination. The the plays that I see the Magic making right now where the ball's on the floor and someone's diving after it or digging it out or saving that possession. The plays where plays that we saw earlier in the season where the Magic might give up an offensive rebound. The Magic are still not a good rebounding team. They gave up 11 offensive rebounds and uh, 12 second chance points. Magic are still not a good rebounding team. <coughs> Excuse me. But even when they give up that rebound, they're fighting for the ball. There's a possession there and the first half where I think Boston got an offensive rebound. Orlando challenged it, gave up another offensive rebound. Orlando challenged it, and eventually someone batted the ball out, and they were able to dig out that loose ball. Like, those are the plays that separate winning and losing. Because it is a very fine line between winning and losing. It's a very, very fine line. We, we saw that, honestly, in Cleveland. You can win or, I mean, plays like that can change momentum of games. And when you see one player giving out that kind of effort, you know, making that effort to, to save a basket or to help reset the defense or dig out a ball or dive on the ground for a loose ball or make a block shot or, or, or you see a player do that, that changes the whole complexion of the team. 
That changes everything around the team. And for the longest time this season, we were not seeing the Magic make those plays. We were not seeing that the team be able to grind things out. When things went bad, they went to worse, not to hold the ship steady, not to better even. There's always a sky is falling mentality. And, you know, after the game, you could hear several Magic players just say it simply. We're playing harder. You know, we're giving good effort now. You know, not now, not now, but we're giving better effort than we were before. And the results are following that. If you've heard me on this podcast, you know I don't like questioning effort. I think the Magic were playing hard at all times. You know, maybe some lapses, maybe some frustration lapses for sure. But I, I'm going to generally give the players the benefit of the doubt and say, yeah, they're doing the best they can. Or at least they're at 100%. But to borrow the cliche, you need to be at 110% to win basketball games, to win these games. Especially when you're this team. A team like the Cleveland Cavaliers can get away with not playing the second half of a game because they got LeBron James. Talent definitely narrows the margin for error. This Magic team does not have that ability. And Frank Vogel really said that after the game. We're not a team with an all-star that can just break someone down off the dribble. We need to trust the pass. We need to move the ball. And Vogel said he thought the Magic did that effectively against Boston. have done that effectively since the Washington game last Friday. And so that next little piece was the one that was missing. You can execute, you can have a great game plan, but it does not matter if you're not cutting hard, if you're not trying to win these 50-50 balls, if you're not trying to just win games on pure grit and determination sometimes. This was a game the Magic won on grit and determination. This was a very good win. This was a character-building win. This was a win where the Magic did not have their best stuff, where the Magic were struggling offensively, and they relied on their defense to get the job done. Orlando in this game had a 107.2 offensive rating. They also had a 99.8 defensive rating, according to basketball, according to NBA.com. Now, this Magic team has not been a good defensive team. This has been a team that's really struggled on that end. And their defensive rating in this game against perhaps one of the best teams, the, perhaps the best team in the Eastern Conference, the team that could go, very well go, to the NBA Finals. Certainly they, they think they will. Against that team, the Magic had probably their best defensive rating since late December against Detroit. For really a third straight game, the Magic will have held an opponent to a 110 defensive rating or worse, according to basketball reference. This has not been a common occurrence. And it's not, you know, necessarily they did anything different schematically. Vogel said they made some adjustments to their switching rules at halftime. But he said, you know, really, it just came, came down to we dug in and played defense. We dug this one out. Those are words you usually reserve for the Memphis Grizzlies, the grit and grind teams. And when you are a good team, when you are a team that is competing for something, you're not going to have it all 82 nights. 
When you're a team that is competing for something, you've got to find a way when it isn't your night, when you're struggling. That's not to say that the Magic are that team yet. This is one game. It's a one, They've won two out of their last three. Big whoop. Momentum is the next day's pitcher, and they've got to find a way to do it again on Tuesday. Tuesday against Sacramento, probably the worst team in the league. By all statistical measures, the Sacramento Kings are the worst team in the league this year. Tuesday against Sacramento, if the Magic want to make believers out of us again, that, okay, they've turned a corner, they hit bottom, and now they're starting to look like the team they actually are. The team that, that all the players tell us they are, but the record doesn't indicate that they are. That's a game they need to win running away. A, a, a game that they need to take care of business. That's a big step for this team, obviously, because they haven't won consecutive games since November, since they went 8-4. and four. And so, the Magic then still have a lot of work to do. Playing with this grit and determination, playing with this energy and hustle is something new for them. It's not consistent. We don't know if we'll see it again or whether we'll see it again. But injecting an energetic player in Kem Birch back into the lineup has helped. Jonathan Simmons being a little reinvigorated defensively has helped. Bismack Biombo blocking shots and being a rim protector and finding his comfort zone in the starting lineup has helped. And it's given the magic at least the shadings of an identity. Certainly the identity that the Magic want to build. And as I've said numerous times, that's what the rest of the season is about. Build your culture and your identity, no matter how you do it. You're probably not going to win all your games. You're probably not going to win many of your games. This is still a bad... I mean, I think it's safe to say this is still a team that's going to be fighting for ping pong balls at the end of the season. But there's still plenty of things you can do to build culture. And playing like this and making this the norm and you know getting, getting an occasional reward for playing like this. That's the way you do it. This wasn't just a big win because it was the first time in eight years that the Magic had won in Boston or that the Celtics are the top team in the East. It's a big win because of that for sure. The Magic proved that, yeah, they can compete and beat the best teams in the league again. This is a big game because of the way they won it. Because of the habits and that they've been developing over the last week that they came through and delivered on. Now you just got to go out and do it again because the grind never stops in the NBA. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. You can, of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic as well as like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. For the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com and follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. I'll be back again tomorrow with a complete with a preview of Tuesday's game against Sacramento Kings, hopefully feeling a little bit better. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I will see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.